0: children who gave me my power. The Springwood Slasher, that's what they called me. I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Some folks claim they've even seen him, right in this area. The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, when she saw him. She disappeared two months later. Legend has it that Jason saw his mother beheaded that night. And he took his revenge. A revenge that he'll continue to seek if anyone ever enters his wilderness again. Ah! 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 Jason's out there. You ah! oh! can't be alive! Well, it's coming to an end of an era. That's right. Did I say error? Era. Of an era. <laughs> yeah. Era. error. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we're, today, we're here to wrap up the Friday 13th retrospective. You know, we always think, oh my God, we're finally we're almost done. But you know what? It's kind of bittersweet. It's been an epic. Uh, you know, as bad as some of these films are, they're fun to do. hmm so at least we got something out of it (laughs) well yeah Um, on a side note uh, we just found out yesterday of the passing of an actress I always appreciated Louise Fletcher yes Um, she was one of those actresses who probably played and and I mean this of all time probably one of the most vile human beings of all time ever portrayed on the silver screen and greatest villain as well yeah, um, nurse Nurse Ratchet. Yeah, from One Who Fooled the Cuckoo's Nest, she got the Oscar for it. Well, very now, well deserved. I mean, uh, they all every actor in that film deserved it. Yeah, but you know, I think it was bittersweet for her because I mean, even though she she worked continuously the rest of her career, I don't think she never really got that key role for her like a Meryl Streep would consistently at work and or you know somebody who's she was never a headliner she's always a character actress um and I don't think she ever got her her real due just because people only pictured her as she did it so well as Nurse Ratchet. yeah it's like it's, it's almost like she picked too soon yeah, that's a good shout. that's a good shout yeah. um I think her and, and no disrespect to these actresses I like what I'm talking about here i'm not I think Ellen Burson is the same way. She always, you know, sh- rem- always reminds
1: me of Ellen Burstyn, actually. Um, so she did. Now, maybe yeah. that could be the Exorcist connection. You know, because obviously Louise Fletcher played sort of Ellen Burstyn's stand-in, for want of a better phrase, in Exorcist 2. Um, I-, I think also that Louise Fletcher is one uh, is p- quite possibly the only person who can hold their head high after the absolute travesty that, you know, is and was Exorcist 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. and
1: I, And I include Richard Burton and Linda Blair
0: in that. Sadly, next to uh, next to Betty Davis's portrayal in "Whatever Happened to Baby Jane," that's my favorite. My favorite movie villain by a woman. I just love that character. Mm-hmm. It's so cruel and so <laughs> It's just a wonderful performance by Betty Davis. But the great I, thing I, about Ratchet, I think, is I it... I think. Well, let me finish there, dude. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. I'll let, I'll edit that out. Yeah, let me. Um, I feel that Nurse Ratchet is up there, Um, so you know that's pretty good company for Louise Fletcher to keep with Betty Davis, Mm -hmm. who's probably considered one of the best actresses of all time, yeah, if not the best actress of all time.
1: Well, the great thing about Nurse Ratchet is that there's a subtlety to her performance. It's it's so you know she's so believable as a as a real person, you know, and you know gradually
0: her nastiness comes out, you know. Well, the great thing about her performance, there isn't much, and what I mean by that, she she plays it so deadpan. So, she's, so yeah, she's emotionless. Yeah, and she's I, like a robot, and yeah. it's so evil. Yeah. She, she, uh, Ray finds the same thing. in I can't remember the character, but he played the the Nazi in Sinner's List, er, Herman Goeth, or yeah. Goth. Uh, his yeah. character I, uh, is so vile. Yes, and again, but very emotionless too.
1: Yeah, and so believable at the same time. And, you know, these people are essentially um, sociopaths, you know, um, that they're playing. And, you know, they they do such stellar jobs, you know, portraying them.
0: And and probably besides smaller roles, it was one who flew with the cuckoo's nest and Schindler's List that boosted these stars. Yeah. That they became a household name Mm -hmm. uh, because of playing these vile characters. Yes. Which is uh, kind of interesting. But we are moving on here. But uh, rest in peace, Louise Fletcher. And uh, uh, she did a film called Brainstorm that I really enjoyed. That was with uh, Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood. I haven't seen it. People want to check it out. You you probably enjoy it. It's called Brainstorm. Mm -hmm. It was the film where Natalie Wood died during filmmaking. Right. And they had to use a stunt double for her. Right. Um, But it worked. But... uh, that's a that's a good film that she did right after, pretty much, pretty close to what right after when it flew the cuckoo's nest.
1: Yeah,
0: but Christopher Walken, he's always good to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, we're here to talk about right <laughs> thirteenth <13th> again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, and we're just kind of going to jump into a little bit, and then at the end of the end of the at, at the end of this podcast, we're just going to go ahead and kind of give us our what'll give us our actual in order of how you know what's what's the best, what's the worst, that kind of thing. And then uh, we'll just move on and uh, <laughs> until, until they make another one, which we know is going to happen. Yeah, we'll have to update our, our, our yeah. retrospective. Yeah, no kidding. So, oh, I don't have my notes in front of me. Damn it, I'm so unprepared. Just like a lot of these filmmakers are. <laughs> uh-huh. But I will say this, and I'll put my cards on the table pretty early at this point. I will say that it's these next two, are far, 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 far superior than the shit we've been given uh, in recent years. As we talked Friday thirteenth.
1: Well, I've, uh, I, I'm going to have a few sort of
0: shocking statements for you, Karen, concerning right. these two. But we'll get to it. Um, let's just jump into Freddy versus Jason. Now, there's a couple of original ideas that passed that were that were written down or based on a comic of some sort or were were scripted at some point. Um, one idea was, and this is kind of where they went, where Jason and Freddy are in hell. Yes. And the devil asks them, whoever goes up there and brings me the most souls will be my his, his green reaper. And the other one would just die. And that would have been kind of an interesting concept. They kind of went that direction a little bit with Freddy going into hell to look for Jason. Yeah. But they didn't go that way. And um, and I, I thought that would have been kind of cool. They also tinkered with but again the kind of pepperidian here is where freddie is the reason why jason drowned as a kid right that could have been interesting that would have been interesting he killed him yeah that 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 would have been very good actually yeah they tinkered a little bit in the in in the uh freddie versus jason but uh i thought that would have been a good route to go mm-hmm. they they went with ronnie you um was pretty much kind of hot with the bride of Chucky kind of reinventing Chucky and make it more of a tongue-in-cheek well Chucky always was tongue-in-cheek well the original wasn't that tongue-in-cheek it wasn't that tongue-in-cheek but like Freddie they all went that one with that direction oh, time. even even our boy here Jason yes uh, but he wasn't a bad choice and we've got a much better Jason this guy um next to the next one we're gonna be talking about is probably one of my favorite Jason's um, Ken Kersinger, he mm-hmm. is a six-seven stunt man. This is the way Jason should be played. He's tall, lanky, uh, clean mask. This sign, is silent and deadly. This is Jason. Now, obviously, some fans are upset that Kane Hodder didn't come back for two reasons. I'm glad he did it. A, I never liked him in the role. He's too chunky and too just just doesn't fit the persona of Jason. And also, sadly, he was given shit scripts. So his, his when I think of Kane Hodder, not don't no disrespect to Kane Hodder. I disrespect. I just see, shit cinema, <laughs> um, and that's no reflection on him. That's just on those movies are, are a nightmare. This movie, uh, nineteen million made eighty two. So that's pretty pretty decent.
1: Yeah, it was a big success.
0: Big success. And in fact, apparently
1: I was reading somewhere Kelly Rowland who stars in Freddy vs Jason. Um, and who was also in the girl group you know, Destiny's Child yeah. apparently um, whenever she's being interviewed or whenever she has been interviewed over the years um, the interviewers have brought it up as a sort of jab at her sort of you know making fun but she has always defended it and stuck to her guns and said oh, hold on a minute this film was a great success I'm very
0: proud of my work in it
1: so good you know on her
0: good for her yeah totally because you know what besides the lead actress who's horrible the actors in this are alright
1: yeah you know, and... Catherine Isabel is a, is a brilliant actress and has went on to a very successful sort of ho- career in horror films and series.
0: Well, she's Laurie. No, she's not. Oh, good, because Laurie's horrible. No, cause... no, no.
1: Catherine Isabel is... I forget oh, the was, name. The one with the baseball
0: cap. Gib. She's Yes, Gib. yes. Um, yeah, I mean, you had Jason Redder, Ritter, John Redder's kid. Mm-hmm. Is in this? Yeah, yeah, you had a couple of character actors who've always done a lot of horror, especially the brothers Mark and uh Bobby. No, David. Yes, whatever. they uh they've done a lot of stuff. Um But anyways, yeah, you know, good honor for doing that. You know, um, yeah, no, I no. have to say, yep. for what we got in the last, you know, what's funny, I talked about Jason Goes to Hell and how I kind of liked it a bit, and don't get me wrong, when I say kind of like, I was, you know. I'm, I'm not recommending it. I'm saying <laughs> it's a lot better than the shit we've been given. But the cool thing about this one, this is New Line Cinema, who owns obviously the last two we just talked about, mm-hmm. and it kind of plays well with Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of a direct sequel to that. Yes, and and in uh, fact,
1: that I would um, say that Jason Goes to Hell. Um, Jason X and Freddy versus Jason are like a sort of mini-trilogy within the entire series. I wouldn't
0: give you... I, w- I thought about that. I wouldn't give you Jason X. I think they actually thought, fuck it, we gotta throw that away. Well, apparently, um, in the sort of
1: new-line sort of canon, um, the actual chronological order... Not, well, well, sort of... The, sorry, the order of events are Jason goes to hell, then Freddy versus Jason, then... Just next.
0: Oh, so they tweak it a bit? Yeah. That's, well, I'd rather just forget about Just I I'm going to, when we get to the ending here, I'll tell you how I revamped my decision after thinking about it. <laughs> okay. All I- right, so let's talk about the opening scene. Now, we, had, we talked about the original Nightmare on Elm Street a couple of years ago here on the podcast. We all liked it, of course. But my argument was, how come... Movies like Friday can get censored and edited to shreds, but a movie about a pedophile killer of a children could turn into a puppetry character and comic books and TV shows and kids dressing up as Halloween. I never understood that, I, and they stick by their guns because the opening sequence here, you have an introduction, kind of the newbies can let people know what of what Freddy is. Yeah, and it shows him killing a kid. Well, it doesn't show up, but you get the idea kills the child girl, and then licks her photograph. Yes, he's a paedophile. I mean, yeah, yeah. but that's that's a pretty yep. dark oh, yeah, it's, persona it's for dark such a beloved... I mean, at least Jason and Michael kill horny, horny teens.
1: Yes. You know? <laughs> uh, I think the thing is... I mean, when I was a kid growing up watching the Freddy films, I didn't put the connection there that Freddy was a paedophile. It wasn't until I was an adult that I put this connection. So I think a lot of people just saw freddy as not so much a pedophile It th- didn't really sort of it, it was more surface he, he was more of a surface boogeyman for people uh but uh, and it didn't really analyze it or examine it you know what i mean they, they just looked on the surface um of this boogeyman with sort of basically knives for hand for a hand you know what i mean for fingers sorry for a hand yeah. yeah yeah um so but if you and it doesn't take much Analyzing to be honest, like it's not exactly flipping, um, you know, it's, it's pretty out there, like you know, and that you know, it's, it's pretty visible, so yeah. Uh, but well, I, as a kid, I was the same. I just, um, in my head, as a kid watching these, you know, the Freddy films, um, basically, Freddy was just a murderer, a child killer, a child yeah. killer. I didn't have him down as a pedophile until yeah. I got a bit older to say, no, actually, this guy's a fucking pedo. Yeah,
0: this one kind of. Nails that that rumor pretty. Oh yeah, right, nails you right in the head with it. Um, I have to say, I
1: have to say, it, it's it's quite well handled because it's not you know obviously we don't want to see that shit on screen. Um, you know it's just unpleasant. You know, although you know th- stories about pedophilia or whatever, I suppose you know if the context is right and the tone is right, of course it can be done. But with the it's it's hard to do something like that with Freddie, who who had become such a sort of a camp, sort of wise-cracking character. So I'm glad it was just suggested and not actually, you know, explicitly shown on screen or whatever. No,
0: they're, 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 they would never do that. No, no, that, it, yeah. Why would that be... That'd be that's, no. You know, no, no way, I know,
1: but that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that they, they handled it well. But you never know. Fucking some of the, you know... You know, we we'll see some batshit crazy stuff in films, so, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it's just suggested, but it's pretty obvious at the same time.
0: So the, the story itself... Uh, Laurie now lives in Nancy's old house. Yes. And Freddie now this whole town dopes up their kids, uh-huh. so they can't dream. What so this whole th- town has hidden or trying to hide the fact that Freddie exists. He doesn't exist. Don't mention his name. Yeah. But uh, so can
1: I just say as well? Apparently, the drugs and the basically asylum that they're giving the kids this is a, like a huge reference to Dream Warriors Nightmare on Elm Street Three.
0: Uh, I didn't guess that. I didn't catch yeah. that. And it's the same drug that they're using in that, I think, I'm you know, are certain. What is it, Napoli? or Na- Yeah. Na- Na- Napoli, isn't
1: that a... It, it's something like that. It, it's basically a made-up drug that, yeah. for the film. Uh, but it is, as far as I'm aware, the same drug that, that they're using on the kids, or experimenting on the kids in Nightmare Elm Street 3. Ah, uh, okay.
0: Now, I didn't know that. Was didn't really follow the... I mean, I've seen and them all, but I... It's the same asylum. Oh, uh, Okay. Um. Yeah, so Freddie needs to come back, and in order for him to come back, he needs to be remembered. I'm going with the story so far. I think it's kind of clever. Yeah. So Freddie's Freddie's whole thing is he he threads on fear. So in order to get that fear back, he need they need to know he exists. So in order for him to do that, he gets he resurrects Jason to come back, kind of like a copycat killer, and to to start panicking the town folk. And so once he's remembered. He will come back and thrive again. Yes. Um, so he does this toying with Jason in his dream, which was a nice little scene. Bringing his mother and stuff involved. Um, I would love. I would love to have seen Betsy Palmer return. She said she wasn't going to do it. They said they were working off or anything, and she's like, "Fuck off." Yeah. Uh, and she's right. I wouldn't do it either. But so he's back, Jason. There's a nice shot where Jason and Freddie merge. We know mm-hmm. these two. These two whole icons are moving in together, and where all you do is you see a long shadow of of Jason walking down the street, and then you see the corner sign of Elm Elm yes, Street. Yes, it's a great way to introduce Jason to the neighborhood. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Listen, we talked about what hurt the last couple of films, uh especially six, seven, and eight. Um, is the MPAA. No, I don't. I, it's amazing how times change because this movie's fucking brutal. It's got some good gore. Yeah, and I definitely applaud it. Um the the bed scene is fucking just. Again, they they do it to a character who's a douchebag. <laughs> you know, you're introduced to uh, the boyfriend who lasts about ten seconds, but nobody is this much of a douche. <laughs> like did th- they did this on purpose because they know the audience would go crazy. Yeah, they would cheer. They're basically With, cheering for Jason. And that, what he, they, he, Jason, uh, Jason stabs him brutally by the machete. Mm-hmm. It's actually the first time we get to see Jason really using machete as and see how hard he uses it violently. Yeah, yeah. And then he crushes the bed. You know, it. Yeah, it is. But your I, mom was a complete asshole. What was it? Don't make me ask you twice, bitch.
1: You know, yeah, or, or babe, yeah. or whatever. Yeah.
0: Don't kiss me when you smoke. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're menthols. <laughs> um, I think Catherine Isabel should have
1: been the star of this. Um, her car- well, maybe not, maybe not her. Car- she should have played Laurie.
0: She yeah, the girl who played actress. Laurie was. Well, she, she was always whimpering or whispering. She, she looks great, but oh, she God, can't yes, act she's...
1: for shit. Yeah, horrible.
0: Mm-hmm. She's got that whiny, whispery voice.
1: Yeah, it's like she's trying to play the sort of good girl in these types of films, but it just she just doesn't pull it off. Um, I think she was basically hired because she looked so great. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I still, that's the only reason.
1: And yet again, it's, it's back to the old sort of trope of, you know, uh, <laughs> teenagers played by uh, actresses and actors that clearly aren't fucking teenagers
0: and much older. Well yeah, I'd give you that. I'd give you that. It's wor- they're worse off for of the originals. But yeah, yeah th- this one is it's not as bad. It's uh, not as bad. Yeah. They can get away with it, I suppose. But Lori Lori is clearly in her like
1: mid to late twenties.
0: Uh so after Jason does this rampage, the cops are starting to go, Oh my god. Don't say his name, everybody, don't yeah. say his name. Well Freddy does come up and becomes Freddie again. Now I like the concept. That he created the monster, and now the monster can't be stopped. Yes, so it's an old he, trope. He, yeah. yeah, he realizes, oh, fuck, I can't stop Jason now. And then the monster turns on its creator. Yeah, yeah that little Frankenstein kind of thing yeah. going on, uh, which I, I enjoyed because I think they play on the Frankenstein bit quite a bit, especially after Six, Jason Lives. They play quite a bit on that uh, with the uh, Jason character.
1: Oh, definitely, even with, um, you know, Jason's resurrection in the graveyard in 6, it's very Hammer, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. of course, that's where it all started, really. So, let's just talk about the killings at this point. Mm. Because this whole concept is... uh, Mark and Will escape from the asylum. The dream asylum. (laughs) Whatever it is. So stupid. (laughs) And I'm still going with it. They break out to go warn... His ex girlfriend Lori yes. and the team that we have a, we're being drugged here. Um, something's going on. They find out your that, father's involved, Lori. Yeah, but you kind of find out his father, her father, really wasn't involved. Yes, it was he was just protecting her. But they okay, so they have to go from Springwood, Illinois, Ohio, to New Jersey. That's an eight hour drive, by the way. I know that. Don't they steal a van or something? Or? They steal a van. Now the director says in the film it looks like it's two minutes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> it actually we had a montage scene where there was a day and night shot. Yeah. Which I don't know why they didn't keep it in, because it's it's a good drive to Jersey, especially with the Jason in the back seat. <laughs> uh, that was, <laughs> but the cool thing is you had it mixed it well because you had some you know fun cheesy deaths and some tongue cheek ones like with the uh the dope head the pothead yes gets, you know it's cut in half can i say though what does let this film
1: down and i know it's almost 20 years old but i think it's i think it's a very good script but sometimes the realization especially the deaths with cgi it's fucking bad uh you know the cgi here is pretty Rupee, to say the least. For some reason, I don't know, it's, it's some, some sort of mental block. I can handle Rupi, um practical effects, no problem. I can suspend my disbelief, no problem. But uh, for some reason, my brain just gets pissed off by bad CGI, and it's bad in here.
0: I don't think times. it's bad. I think CGI oh, no, was is. just... I, yeah. don't, I personally don't think it is. I think this is where CGI was starting to take over a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see more practical, but the problem with practical is because it's time it's time consuming. So and that's the problem now. What they do when they make these films. Then that's lazy. Well no, it's not lazy. By the filmmakers? It's not, it's not by the filmmakers' fault. When you have a studio run by two year olds <laughs> who already have a fucking release date nine months down the road. You we want we want this film out in nine months. You Fair have to take two shirts in. Yeah. Yeah, you have to Fuck, you're you fucked
1: Yeah, no, I agree No, no, you're right It's the producers As opposed to the
0: filmmakers I would say In in most cases And that's not even the producers I think it's Yeah, well, it would be the producers But more of the executive producers who Just sit in their fucking suits You don't know what the fuck they're doing Yes So they have Yeah, but But I'll tell you what I No, you're right It's got like When they chop the kid in half And the dad The kid wakes up with his dead head in his hand (laughs) That's funny That was kind of funny But At the end of the day It's got some good gore It makes it well They mix it well um, the cornfield scene is the best scene in the film. By far. The, the rave scene. Yeah. I love the f- I love the fact when that almost a date rape was about to happen. Not I love the fact. <laughs> yes, just, yes. No, no,
1: no, no, I know what you mean. The guy who whenever when Catherine is a
0: bail is when, on the ground. Gib, when Gib is drunk she's passed out. She's obviously dreaming. We know this now. Yes. And she's about to be date raped by some asshole and Freddie's about to kill her in her passed out mode. Yeah. Um, and But Jason intervenes and kills him. And then Freddy's uh, Fred, furious... <laughs> yeah, Freddy realizes, oh, fuck, I created a monster. Yeah. She was mine! <laughs> that whole cornfield scene where he takes out the two potheads by twisting his head around and throwing the fire machete through the guy's body and just walking through the cornfield on fire. It's yeah, beautifully shot. Yes. And just slicing everybody in, in, in the party. He probably had more deaths in that scene than all the Friday 13s combined. A- apart from the final battle between Freddy and Jason... It's the best scene in the film for me. Yeah, the final battle is up there. Final battle will be the second best scene. Mm-hmm. Now, when they, this is the first. Um, now, the first time they fight each other, it's actually quite good. Mm-hmm. This film, when it's tagged Freddy versus Jason, you get that. Oh yeah, which is nice. You get the first part with the cornfield where he's more of a spirit at this point, Freddy. Then you get when Freddy comes out and he he can play and start killing it again. He takes. Jason into his territory in the dream world yes and I thought that was a great scene because what I enjoyed about it I liked how it played the fear that he has the fear of water yes and how Jason has a fear of
1: drowning yes and Freddy the, has a fear of um basically fire I think it suggested
0: as well yeah well yeah because he got burned alive yeah but because in in the in well starting with uh uh Jason lives when Tommy Jarvis says let's drown him mm-hmm. because that's his got to be his weakness mm-hmm so they kind of they keep the continuity a little bit there. Oh, yeah. And they play on it, and it plays well. That scene where he becomes a little boy, because I, I do... Now, this is, again... I That's think, an effective scene, yeah. I think what Jason uh, Takes Manhattan was trying to do was this scene.
1: Yes, where... <laughs> where as soon as I saw that scene, I was, it immediately brought me back to Jason, the, the final scene of Jason Takes Manhattan.
0: Yeah, and then when you, the great thing about the scene, and... I'm probably giving it more credit than, his, but, but honestly, what I get out of it. So you, he turns into a little, a little, ba- little boy, a little baby Jason when he died, Jason, age yeah, whoever that was, eleven, ten, whatever, and he's he's in the fetal position, and because he's scared, and fucking Freddy takes his nail and he just pop, nail, yeah, is a blade and pops it yeah. into through his skull.
1: Yes, It's pretty – get his is like um, memories type thing. His memory.
0: And then you see him being bullied as a kid, being yeah. thrown into Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, then, uh, Freddie, then kind of drowning him. I kind of talked about that in the beginning of the podcast. Yes. And they play on it. I'll tell you what, you kind of feel sorry for Jason. Oh, yeah. It, 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 and Laurie feels, it's, it's very, it's, actually, I think this is a very
1: well written script. um Because Laurie fe- obviously feels sorry for him as well. And she's like trying to like put him at peace, if you yeah. know what I mean, even yeah. though he's a monster. Um, you know, or he's become a monster, but Laurie realises this, and Laurie is trying to, like, you know, she, she certainly, she, she's no time for Freddy type thing. You know, um, for Freddy's just a fucking, a, a brutal monster to her. But you can see that she is sort of, she feels sorry for Jason.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can see that when she tries to help him at the end. Mm-hmm. So, I like the fact they play on uh, what Nancy did in the original, we gotta bring Freddy out. Yes, Laurie uh, rips him out. Yeah, so now we have Freddy and Jason had their little battle in Freddy Land. Now let's have them in in reality. In the real world. Let's have Jason fight him on his turf. Let's get him out and let him fight in Crystal Lake. Now, is Crystal Lake becoming a condo? Yeah, I'm just about to say that there,
1: just by pure chance, there happens to be um, a load of construction going on <laughs> with with loads of potential weapons for both Freddy and Jason. How convenient! But whatever, it's Freddy versus Jason. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to. You don't. You're not supposed to analyze it, you know. Even though I was talking about analyzing, you know, Freddy's character earlier. Yeah, it is a big plot convenience. They're just having this like they're just 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 this random construction site on camp crystal lake for some reason but it's very yeah.
0: handy for freddie and jason to grab weapons <laughs> you know? uh, so on the way to crystal lake she's asleep laurie and jason's asleep and this is where jason is having his little nightmare yes. that's where we're where, back to the 1950s where, where, where uh Kia kelly kelly rollins character yeah has to give jason mouth to mouth Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm, I'm I was sad that
1: that sort of what do you call it, go full or with that, because that would have been quite a sort of
0: uh gross-out comedy thing. It would have been uh it was not a bad little scene though? You thought it, you know, we talked about how there's a difference between camp and hokey. Yeah. And and they, these guys teeter on it but they get away with it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't ruin the film when they get to that, that border where, oh, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> Kelly Rowland is very good in this film. It's not bad, not bad. Kelly Rowland of Destiny's Child, you know. <laughs> Probably better access to Beyonce. I don't can't stand Beyonce, so.
1: Oh, well, I've never seen Beyonce in anything. Well, apart from that Austin Powers sequel.
0: No, she did Dream Girls, I think. Didn't she do Dream Girls?
1: So, I don't think I've seen that. What's that about?
0: Uh, I think I've heard of it. But. It's a semi biography on the Supremes, I think. Oh, right. Yes, I haven't seen it. I could so. be wrong, and if I'm right,
1: oh my god, how do I know that? She played like Foxy Cleopatra or something in one of the Austin Powers sequels. <laughs> Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah, it's like a 70s... Pam Greer. Yeah, that, that's who it's based on. It's yeah. basically like a sort of 70s black exploitation film homage.
0: Um. So when yeah, so when Jason's sleeping, he's fighting Freddy, and then she's trying to bring Freddy. Out at, at Crystal Lake. Yes. So when she's fighting, that scene, it, even though we know it's Freddy, when her dad gives her the tongue. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That was awesome. I think that's a bit of a, a bit of
1: a sort of reference as well to, you know, the, the phone scene yeah. in the original.
0: Yeah, they do play homage to some of the original yeah. stuff.
1: And it's nice homage. Like, it's not overdone.
0: Yeah, it's not thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. You kind of got to think about it. Yeah. well, it's, it's They're more ones for the fans. Hypnocell. That's you the name of the drug. Right, right, yeah. And it's a non-approved <laughs> drug, and it's being used in a major, major philly. So the <laughs> FDA hasn't approved this, and they have a whole facility where they keep kids using it. Big Pharma. <laughs> so how, how, how do they get away with this? Yeah, yeah. It's you very, know?
1: It's like, you know, it's, it's Ray versus Jason. It's not a serious, you know, documentary. Yeah, it's not. Big Pharma in nest. America, you know? Yeah.
0: It could be. There you go. It'd be, yeah, it would be funny. Freddy versus Jason becomes a court drama. <coughs> yeah, the, mis- the misuse of drugs. Yeah, in Springwood, keeping keeping kids, um, you know, repressing
1: their dreams so that they forget about Freddy. You know, <laughs> tell me this: who who's the actor that plays
0: sheriff? Because I've seen him in loads of stuff. He's character actor. Yeah, I've
1: seen him in so much
0: stuff, but I just couldn't sort of yeah, like Sheriff Campbell. That's his. Yeah. That's, um. He's yeah. He's he's done a lot of stuff. Isn't that? Isn't he the dad? Isn't that? I'm not too sure. He was the dad in Critters. Yeah, was and he? And he was in Hitcher. We just talked about him last week, a couple of weeks ago. Right. No, it can't be because he was in. I think he, J- he was in Jason Goes to Hell. Was he? Oh, I don't
1: know. But I, I don't know. He's one of those faces that pop up in like loads of films. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. a character actor who yeah.
0: never, who works.
1: Like, yeah, very dependable, one of those ones, you know. He's
0: not like Denzel Washington, who's got 50 titles. This guy probably has 300 titles. Yeah, exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. And it's all like, you know, playing cops or sort of fathers yeah. or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. We need
0: a doctor for Matlock. I'm there. Yeah, grab that guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get to the big showdown, and she brings Freddie out. And we won't go through the whole song and dance, but it's, I'll tell you what, it played like a... WWE yes. meets a Kung Fu yeah. movie. It's good fun. It's good fun. Um, and um, I personally think Jason won. So do I. I was, ju- I was just going to ask you, who won? Jason. Uh, I would say Jason. Jason. Yeah, I'm not a Freddy fan, so I'd go with
1: Jason anyway. Although I would be more of a Freddy fan, but uh, I would have to be honest, I think Jason won. Um, although there is that you know, decapitated head and the wink at the end.
0: There was a... There was a nice shot when Lori was was under and she was trying to bring him out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's gorgeous. You almost want to get a print of it. Mm-hmm. When she's on the dock, it's all red background. Yes. And uh, Freddie flies out, you know, out of the water. Oh,
1: yes, yes. That, that's in class. slow motion. Yeah. It's
0: a gorgeous shot. Yeah.
1: I don't think that's CGI, I think the background's enhanced, by, obviously, I'm by sure CGI. it is, but I don't care if it is or not. It's gorgeous. It's, it, it looks as if, yeah, it's the, they've used wires or something, you know, with Robert England. I, I... One of my... At times, Robert England or England, whatever way it's pronounced, um, I do, you know, get sort of a chop and change sometimes with the pronunciation of his name, but uh, his surname... But at times I think he's a little weak as Freddy in this, uh, I
0: don't. I don't
1: know. I didn't sometimes really. Sometimes it's a it little much. too. Sometimes it's a little too. It's almost like he's done the role so much. He's like doing it in his sleep for want of a, you know pun intended. You know, um, but you know, generally it's it's yeah, it's basically you know it's typical Freddy for you know with his sort of one liners and stuff you know. Betty likes to say "bitch" a lot, you know. Yeah. Welcome to right, my no world. Else. This is tag. This is tag. Welcome man. to
0: my world, bitch. <laughs> you know?
1: Um, but then Laurie, of course, like turns it on him. You know, we um at the end She's you "No, know, welcome to
0: my world, bitch." <laughs> you, you know, you know what? Uh, the one thing about this film, I'm gonna uh, even of all the Friday Thirteens, the pacing on this thing is brilliant. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't stop. Yeah. And the and from when they escape the hospital mm-hmm. to the you know the van and to the Camp Crystal Lake, it's 30 minutes of pure action. Oh, yeah. And that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And usually slash films, you kind of get away between kills, which fine. This is more of a an action, cheesy slasher kind of oh, yeah. film. It's very tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and, but it works. I'm sorry, guys. I like my uh, Freddy vs. Jason, despite a lot of the bad reviews. I, th- I think it's um, a lot of fun from a more critical point of view I would
1: say I think it's a better script uh, I think it's a really good script uh, and I think sometimes the realisation of the script isn't great you know with things like the CGI and some of the acting especially from the actress who plays Laurie but um, you know I think on, on, on black and white on paper um, this is very fucking solid and a lot of fun
0: yeah yeah I agree now, we were supposed to get more of this because it was a a, a, a box office hit. They were going to do Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Yes, apparently had- at
1: the end of Freddy versus Jason, they originally were going to bring Pinhead in as well. They were going to have they were going to have Camp Crystal Lake drain. You know, all of the water in the lake drain, and then Freddie and Jason find themselves in hell. Um, and for the next minute, all these chains come out and sort of stick into them, and basically Pinhead appears and, you know, <laughs> say something like, Well, gentlemen, you're, you know, something like oh, that. God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
0: glad that didn't happen, to be honest. I would, I would I would, really like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this sat in a while, and again, um, they couldn't use the Friday the 13th name because New Line owned it and Paramount owned the name. Yes. So finally they got to bed. They went to bed together and Paramount joined for the remake. And so that's why it's called Friday the 13th again. Yeah. Um, they owned European rights and New Line held the American, North American rights. I believe that's how it worked. Okay. And we're back. We got Marcus Nipsel who's directing. Perfect competent director to do it. He just got off the success of the Texas Chainsaw remake, which is yes. really good, as I remember. And this is the Platinum Doom guys who also did the Texas Chainsaw. Platinum Doom guys are the ones who are Brad Fuller, Andrew Form, and Michael Bay. Yes. They produce this company so they can go and do remakes. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them did not work, but some of them did. And this one was a big hit. This was 19 million, 65 million it made, uh, um, and they brought on the same writers who wrote Freddy versus Jason. So not not bad, not a bad idea. Yeah, we both agreed it was completely written. Yep. And they brought in. I'm gonna say right now, my favorite Jason of the entire franchise. Okay, right, I'm going to lend a little bit of context
1: just to what I'm about to say about this film, but um, I haven't actually, before we actually, I watched it for the podcast, I hadn't actually watched this one yet. Um, I, it was a, a case of, I'd never, it was a case of I meant to, but I just never really got around to it, but also, I think at the time when this was released, 2009, I was suffering from remake fatigue, and I was quite possibly in my own head, um, judging it before seeing it. But, and I'm going to, I mean, obviously we'll go into detail here soon, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say whenever I watched this for the podcast, I was very, very pleasantly surprised. And I have to say, it. I think it is the best in the entire series.
0: A lot of people argue that one. I yeah. certainly will argue with you in it, but you're not wrong either. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like Freddy versus Jason. Who really won? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about it. Um, we're not going to really. Talk. We will. Well, first of all, let's talk about the cast. The great thing about this film is got a. It had an upcoming cast, but they've already dabbled it into the horror. Well, they're you fucking had, professional actors, you know. You what had mean? Jared Padalecki who did Supernatural and House yeah. of Wax. Yeah. You had. Um, uh, Danelle Pottmacher, who did a great performance in Mister Jones, yes. I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Is, is that right, Mister Jones? I'm, I'm not too sure. I don't know. Oh, uh, Mister Brooks, it's with Kevin Costner, plays a serial killer, and that's her. Yes, her, her, yes, her, her yes I know what Yes, Mister S- Mister Brooks. Yes, so good. That was her first role. Um, you've got Derek Mears, who is an unbelievable presence. Mm-hmm. It's this hulking giant, and mm-hmm. again, not big. Overweight or muscular, he's tall, lanky, and just a beast. Very intimidating. Very intimidating, and I'm telling you now, and this movie backs it up. The 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 satchel over the head is three hundred times better than the hockey mask. I agree, and I also
1: agree that he's the best Jason. Yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Um, it, damn it, right, damn yeah, right. No. Um, I would I would like to say as well that that one of the big plus points of this film in the previous Freddy the 13th films i mean the 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 makers of them basically admitted it they weren't looking actors they were just looking sort of young adults who looked great on camera uh and this one they uh, they have a cast that can act it's professional actors and that is a big plus point in selling the story and the believability of what is happening to um
0: the viewer now What works and doesn't work for the film. It takes twenty five minutes to get us to the Friday Thirteenth title, and this whole opening sequence—the cold opening, the whole opening from the mother's intro to the Jason intro—is so fucking good. It is. Yep. It is intense and brutal and yep. gory. And I have and to say as well, practical effects, people. Yep, yep,
1: especially the, the um scene where. Jason is stabbing up through the, the
0: floorboards. Yes, I have that on my notes. Yeah. What I liked about it, you, you got into these characters, and he only had twenty five minutes, of t- and you kind of got into the characters pretty quick. Yeah. It, you knew them. what who, who what was. You knew who was the horny ones. You knew the podhead. You knew the the boyfriend and all girlfriend. Boxes,
1: apart from you know well the one you know the sister.
0: Um, well, uh, the, the sister, the Michael, Michael well, and the sister are, are okay, but when they go for that walk. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned it when they go into his little domain. Yeah. Right?
1: Texas Chainsaw Massacre? A, a yeah. lot of this
0: film? Yeah. A little bit. And they had a little bit of the cabin used in part two, Friday 13th. Mm-hmm. Yes. But
1: yes, I like that.
0: He, yeah. um, When he comes through the floorboards, mm-hmm. that sequence alone just shows you how powerful this fucker is. Yeah. And when Richie sees his girlfriend getting it, uh, mm-hmm. when he puts her bag over the campfire. <laughs> yeah. And he gets trapped in the bear. The bear trap. In the yeah. bear trap. You see Jason from a distance. Uh-huh. He stops. And he just runs. like, And you can hear... His legs are like tree trunks. And you can yes. hear him smash, smash, smash. And he just piles that machete right in his face.
1: Yep. It's so gritty and believable and realistic. And that's what I really
0: liked about the tone of this film overall. And... One of my favorite songs of all time is in a Friday 13 13th film, Sister Christian. Yeah. And a song you would not think, seeing someone getting butchered yeah. <laughs> while yeah. listening to it. Uh, wow. There's a flaw with this whole opening scene. It's too good. And, and the reason I say that... Okay, here we go. This should have played... The first 25 minutes should have been the story of the mother... And have her taking some people out. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then the next whole act, the rest of the film should have been these guys. I don't know.
1: I mean, it works for the, me. I, well, I would have liked the scene more about the mother's, the mother's story. You know, and the, and the mother's decapitation and stuff. But um, it, I, think, I think it could have... The, the opening sequence, you know, 25 minutes, whatever it is, I think it could have been edited a bit more and maybe cut down to maybe 20, 15, 20 minutes um, you know because uh, to be honest I just for, I know it's intentional these um characters apart from Whitney they're all obnoxious as fuck and I couldn't wait for Jason to kill them you know and it, it, it is a bit of a rogue pull in that they're you know basically setting them up as the stars of this film but they're not really you know what I mean they're just the opening you know see it also reminded me a bit of you know the opening of the Evil Dead remake where it's although it, it's a lot shorter but it's such a powerful opening. It's almost what comes after. It's, you know, it's maybe not quite as powerful, you know?
0: Yeah, but what I was saying was the second act, which is at the cabin. Yeah. And we talked about characters who are obnoxious. I mean, mm-hmm. the, these people are all obnoxious. Yes. Oh, but know, but yep. my point was, my point was, it would have played better if you had the mother fe- featured in the first act and these guys the second. You could change the characters in the second act. I don't care. That would but keep, keep it in the cab site. Get rid of, this, get rid of the cabin um, in the second act. Now, don't get me wrong. It doesn't hurt the film or anything like that, but I would like to have seen that because mm-hmm. what they've done here, they're pretty much, and it works and it doesn't work, is that they're playing homage to Hall- uh, Halloween. Whoa, blasphemy. <laughs> Friday 13th 1, Friday 13th 2, yeah. Friday 13, 3 and Friday 13, 4. Yes. So you've got the mom intro. There's one taken care of. Uh-huh. Two. You've got the campers getting slaughtered around the campfire. Boom. two's taken care of. Three. You got the introduction to the mask. Uh-huh. Boom. There's three's taken care of. And then it ends with the big nice cabin, which we had in four. Yeah. So that's what they're trying to do: give us one, one through four, which are the best in the franchise, uh-huh. and put them into one film. Before they should have been a two part. This should have been. Yeah. This should have been two part film. They should have. They should have focused on the cabin. If they did a sequ- If they did a sequel to this, but I really think the 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 driving force of this film is the first act, the first twenty five minutes. Yeah, well, it sets a tone brilliantly, and yes, it, also, it does that. It also
1: it that. sets up Jason as basically what I would refer to as Jason Rambo or Rambo Jason. You know what I mean? This is, um, this is this is a smart, well, smart and a certain respect. This is a, a more elaborate Jason who actually fucking has all the, you know, booby traps and stuff. It's Jason is basically Rambo, and it, it totally works. I mean, he can use a crossbow and everything. Or it's not a crossbow, it's just a regular bow, but, yeah.
0: Which which he would, you know, I thought about that. He would be able to use because he he was raised on a camp. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So, I, 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 I
1: much prefer this totally believable, grounded, um, not immortal, um. That's Re- why I don't relating. like Six
0: and Up, but you like Six, and I never understood
1: that. But I explained to you at the, um, whenever we're doing those films that I think I might be tainted by rose-tinted glasses and nostalgia because I enjoyed those as a kid. But I, I do appreciate your comments that they're stupid as fuck, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. But uh, oh, I do like the concept, and a lot of people did it, that he takes Whitney for himself. We don't see that right away. Yes. He actually thinks he gets it. It's clever. Right, this is the, this is the thing, uh, the question I have. But, Why does he kidnap Whitney in that color?
1: Because it looks like her mother. Yes, that's what I thought, but I just wanted that confirmed. And,
0: remember they find the necklace? Yes, I just wanted that confirmed. And he yeah. goes, oh my God, it looks just like you. Yes. That's why, but they throw throw that off at you when he runs, again, great cutaway. When he runs up to her, raises the machete, she screams, then cutaway, Friday 13th. So it's like, Jason in this film is
1: basically, although he's a bit sort of, let's just say, mentally challenged, because he's obviously confusing Whitney with his mother and stuff, and that's why he takes her as prisoner, but at the same time, he's also quite sort of clever and sort of, you know, basically, whenever he becomes stealth Rambo, Jason. So, you know what I mean?
0: I, I yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking up by the way. I, oh I like no, this. no, I like I I mean, a lot of people didn't like the underground stuff. I do. I you got to realize how many times we watched Friday Thirteenth and went, mm-hmm. "Where is he living? How is yeah. he surviving? This kind of makes sense." Yes. yes, absolutely. His whole place is his whole place is not that little house. It's really in the down here in the cellar mm-hmm. in, the, in the on the ground in the tunnels. Mm-hmm. And it's all made of things, little knickknacks. Yes, exactly. It's not made of... He, he didn't go to fucking Ikea. It's <laughs> thrown together, exactly.
1: It, it's yeah. thrown together. Um, and, yeah, I like it. It, it. And, again, it's very Texas Chainsaw Massacre, especially the original 1973 or 74, whenever the original was released, you know, with the house, um, basically Leatherface's sort of, you know, domain.
0: It, there's a, a lot of similarities there. There's a uh, lot of similarities part four, where you've got the brother... Mm-hmm. Um, Clay, yes. who's looking for a sister, Whitney, which was part 100%. four. Yes, 100%. And so a little monster to that, too. Now, How much what, of an asshole is Trent? Okay, you fact, know what? I, I was about to talk. What the? <laughs> this is too much. This is kind of hurts the film. No, Dude, no you
1: know, I believe
0: three, it. I'm going to tell you there's three things. He's good at it. Don't keep me wrong. The acting's also, fine. He, I've met fucking... Now, I know it's a bit... They go a
1: bit overboard with it, but I have met obnoxious, entitled, spoilt rich kids like that. Um, so I totally, one hundred percent, bought his character. They do go a little overboard with, it, but just a little. But I totally bought it because I have met fucking real life people like that. No problem. He's a
0: complete mm. wanker. <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is, he gets the coolest death.
1: Oh, oh that's completely yeah. intentional. And yeah. Uh, not only the coolest death, but also it's obviously the most painful death, and that's the catharsis that the filmmakers are given to the audience. They're saying, yeah, you hit this character, we're going to give him a long, slow, painful
0: death for you. You know, <laughs> and it works. Totally. Let's talk about the introduction. Um, three, it worked. Because, well, it's kind of sloppy, but three, you had Shelly, mm-hmm. and he had the, the mask, the hockey mask. Don't know why, but he had playing jokes and stuff. Yes. And he walks into the barn and he disappears, yes. and that's where he, Jason gets the mask. Mm-hmm. This one, they keep the same thing. This is Donnie, the pothead. Yes. He goes into a barn, technically. <laughs> what a waste of a scene. Mm-hmm. Fucking get rid of this whole thing, get rid of Donnie. Yeah. Get rid of this whole scene. Because, what? a oh, look, there's a mask there. I'm going to pick it up. Mm-hmm. When you had Chewie, the fun guy, the my favorite character, the, the Asian guy. Yes. Chewie, who is in the boathouse, and he's playing hockey because mm-hmm. he's on a camp. It just frees over, so it makes sense they have hockey equipment down there. Yeah. And he's playing with the hockey stick. That's where Jason should sort have of got the mask. Yeah, well, yeah, that would have worked, but... I mean, yeah, it was no, a bit No, come convenient. on. No, no, oh, I'm, well, I'm agreeing with you here,
1: Karen. Um, You know what I mean? It was a bit convenient that, um, you know, with the sort of this mechanic guy, this sort of heck type guy, where Jason just happened to find a mask randomly land on the floor, a hockey mask, and he picks it up. So, yes, I agree. It would have worked better with
0: Donnie. Yeah, he should have taken it off Chewy's face. That would have been a better because you've already you're already into the character you like the character yeah that would have been a better passing the you know passing the torch I guess you could say of this mass, this, the staple, <laughs> <The> mass. <laughs> this 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 staple of of of, of the but the burn-ups... that the, everyone knows yeah I actually would have got rid of it the burlap just sap. I would have done the burlap sack yeah but. yeah it's much
1: more effective and again it would have worked a lot better with the grittier tone the more
0: realistic tone of this film. And here's another big selling point for the film. Uh, Jenna, that's kind of the love interest with Clay. Yes. Um, I yes. was shocked when I saw this in the theater that they killed her.
1: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Didn't they, see it coming. They subverted our expectations. The final um, girl gets it. The final girl, yeah, yeah, really good. And um, I am glad they had the balls to do that.
0: Yeah, because she, she gets stabbed in the back. Ugh. Yeah, she yeah. Gets it. And yeah. she does it saving her life, Whitney and um Clay's sister it's it's nice it's a nice little uh, uh all of the, cha- changing all it, of the deaths, changing up a little bit
1: all of the deaths here are pretty good uh, Lawrence, in fact, some of them are excellent
0: Lawrences is disturbing mm-hmm. yes that's the per kid with the axe? yeah when he finds chewy yes. And he runs up and he gets that that's a great shot when he just whips that he, axe again showing the power of this guy yeah mm-hmm. and he hits him in the back and you can hear him screaming her, her, yeah. Oh, yeah, They want. They want. They. They all want to go out and help them, but
1: they. They can't. Okay, and this is like Jason, He's tactical. This is a tactical Jason, Um, even though we still like you know mentally challenged or whatever. Um, you know, with the in in certain aspects, you know, with like like the real world and the whole stuff with the mother and stuff,
0: but he's very tactically astute. When um. Yeah, because he's using him as bait. Yeah is what he's doing. How so, fucking
1: annoying was that other girl? The one, she's like a bit of a slut. Is um, that this
0: one, the sex scene, which is way too long?
1: Yes, yes. How fucking annoying was she? They should have cut that scene by yeah. 10 minutes. It was, <laughs> it was oh, Your,
0: your tits, your nipples are in perfect place. <laughs> it, it is cringy and it, They're stupendous. <laughs> how about my my favorite? I just remember seeing this in the theater. And yeah. Chelsea and Nolan. They were the fun ones who took the boat out.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and the arrow when it hits
0: his face scared the fuck out of me. I didn't see that yeah. coming.
1: Yeah, and then, you know what? See, whenever the boat like basically runs her over, oh, that hurt. Oh, that's that's fucking that. You can feel that. Oh yeah, it's and then because and not so realistically done because she's dazed and stuff and she's yeah. she's panicking and stuff. That's a tough scene to watch. And I'm it is. and I'm desensitized as fuck, you know. So yeah, that that was I, I oh I felt her pain. You know what I mean.
0: Uh, and she's a cool yeah. death as well you know what all of the deaths here work yeah and the great thing is there's no cutaways no no there, there's the, no you're yeah. gonna see we're gonna show you what we're gonna do here mm-hmm. um, I would love to see um, Friday 13th A New Beginning we talked about how that director got screwed yes I would love to, or Friday 13th part 2 got screwed mm-hmm. I would love to see with the MPAA rings yeah with what these guys got away with yes implemented into those two films yeah yeah, uh, yeah. We would have got a lot more, you know, rah 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 moments with the yeah. old machete. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, uh, the cop's death was fun with the eyeball. Yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, it was. It it was it was nice. It, it 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 peppered in, like I mentioned, one, two, three, and four, without being insulting. And, and uh, but but still holds on its own as its own sort of entity and film. Yes. You know, I mean, it's beautifully shot. It's got the score was brilliant score yep. was really set a tone yep. just like what uh uh Fredini did with his his tone with his mm-hmm. music um and the great opening the acting was up to par the mm-hmm. deaths were put were, were, were brilliant uh and kudos demirs kudos to uh Derek mirrors and you know god love him he the guy he took he was you know he was born with a thing called um alopecia
1: Yes, and I, I, well, I didn't know that that he was born with that there, but I know of you know I know of alopecia.
0: No one alopecia sufferers, yeah. And he talked about it, and he goes, "I was so happy, like a little kid, when I got the role for Jason." Yes, because when he was a kid, growing up, he he lost his, he started losing his yes. hair, uh-huh. and he remembered looking and saying he kind of looked, felt like Jason because yeah. Jason had that you know the yes kind uh-huh. of that thing going for. This him is as almost well.
1: like a sort of like a therapy for him, I suppose. You know, yeah. like a real life therapy. You know, you know with this. But, but, uh, um, yeah, but by far, it. for me, by far the best in the series. And I am sorry that um, I didn't watch it in the cinemas at the time, and I only um, got around to watching it for this podcast. Um, as I explained, it was just like I meant to watch it, but I never got around to it. But also it was like, oh, another remake. You know, I, I, probably, I probably thought that at the time, oh, another remake, I have no real interest. But yeah, um, I think this is not just the best in the series, but... You know,
0: on its own, a very fucking solid and excellent horror film. My my whole thing about Best the series with the remake, I can't do it because you wouldn't have this film. If it wasn't for one. No, no, four. I, I get that. I get and that. No, I and I'm, not, I'm not arguing with you. I mean, it's a incredibly competent film. Yes. Um, very competent, competently directed, acted. Uh, basically every department. I I feel though that. I'm I I, I I'm not going to rank, like... Yeah. To, no, me, I, I, I to, hear me, to me, the best film is one through four. Right. That's your series. Done. Move on. We're done. Bye, Friday 13th. I see the Friday 13th. We talked about this in the last one, how we ranked them all. I'm yes. not going to do that. One through four is one film. They told their story. It's over. Yep. One through four are the best in the series, hands down. Okay. Then you got the rest of the, sh- the shit that fell. <laughs> all right? So I'm going to say... One through four, perfect. And there they are. They're on their own. Leave them alone. Okay. Then you've got the remake. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. Then you've got part five. Okay. And the rest suck. Right. Well, I
1: I, would. I, that, 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 that's totally fair enough. And I sort of, you know, I totally respect that. Um, I suppose I, I'm going to try and remove my nostalgia sort of rose tinted glasses look on things um but so what i'm going to say uh for me my favorites you know t- t- um, basically the solo films you know you've you said one to four i think my favorites and nope well at number one i would say this remake i have to be honest um i would then say the original that would be at number two then um friday the 13th part two i would say would probably be in third place four then would be there um as well and i suppose for cheesy you know nonsense nostalgia fun i'll put six in there too I suppose you to put
0: part three in there but well it's you know wrong. but you can't you, i mean it isn't but you it tells freddie, the story i sorry sorry uh, i would just like to add freddie versus jason as well because it's it's hooky fun uh, besides you and I, if you yeah, so if you apply if you replace your six with with my five, we'd be almost the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but w- the, w- the- what, sorry
1: sorry with an honorable mention to Jason
0: X as well. You <laughs> know, I, we 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 talked about Jason X and Jason Goes to Hell, and I I kind of we kind of give him a little, not a pass, like I mentioned in the beginning of the yeah. podcast. Um, they are shit films, but we try to find something good out of
1: yeah, them. Yeah, there's there's a there's a fun element to them.
0: But when you see Freddy versus Jason the competency behind the lens, yes. and then you see the remake, which is a fucking masterpiece compared to this shit. Yes. Those other films don't compare. Yeah. I mean, 6, 7, 8, and X and go to hell. They could all go to hell for all I care. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not part of my collection. It's yes. 1 through 4, the reboot, and Freddy vs. Jason. Mm-hmm. Hands down.
1: Okay. Yeah, far enough. Ah, sad face. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's over. But like Jason, will we return with another Friday the Thirteenth film? Well, you know we'll this the not... wait on
0: one being released. <laughs> yeah, really, well, I'm sure it's gonna be coming. Uh you know this retrospect has been fun, and yeah. I'm sure we're gonna do more. We've been talking about Signs the Lambs and actually visiting Nightmare on Elm Street, and yeah, maybe looking at the Halloweens, even though we kind of kind of did those last year yeah you know there's so much that we can tackle uh so what's this space or maybe the hellraisers are so bad or the children of corns they're so bad they're good (laughs) um you know we got all we can do retrospectives like john carpenter or stephen king or god forbid lynch you know (laughs) stuff stuff like that i couldn't i couldn't handle lynch (laughs) <laughs> um, speaking of Lynch I was watching that uh, is it the what she, she did she do that one I think what's that I was watching that Dahmer miniseries oh yes what's that like I don't know. Jennifer Lynch is the director yes sad's uh, daughter David's uh, daughter yeah. it's pretty good They're there's there's guys in American Horror Story who do pretty good stuff yeah and they don't what I liked about it is that they tell the stories from different aspects of the people right. who knew him. I haven't but, seen it yet. But yeah. they don't show you the brutality of what he did. Right. They decided they didn't want to do that because to honor the memory of the fallen. Yes. They show yes. you the aftermath and they show you how, <laughs> you know, what kind of happened. But yeah. they don't show, they kind of pull away a bit.
1: Yeah, it's not sort of gratuitous. Yeah. yeah. It's not cheap. Um, but his death, you know, they show it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Otomar's death himself? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, uh, yeah, you guys should check it out. Apparently, uh, the guy
1: that killed Dahmer, you know, in real life, and um, the reason he killed him, I always found this darkly humorous, the reason he killed him was because this guy was also, you know, in, inside for, you know, murder. But apparently, he in his head, he felt that Dahmer was given ordinary decent murderers like himself a bad, a bad name.
0: So he well, fucking... the, the rumour... No, well, in the, I'll tell you what happened. When, if you guys don't want to know... I mean, most people know he died, but... yeah. The guy who killed him was a born again Christian, right? So he and Dahmer was getting a lot of press, magazine covers, and yes. stuff like that. And he and he was getting fan mail, yes. And he was walking around the prison acting like his shit didn't stink, yes. So this guy's a born again, and he felt this I'll is this, a, this is a statesville bastard, yeah. But he felt he was such a born again, he became he felt he was uh, God's uh, protector, yes. And to to rid the universe
1: of people like this, I always found the whole concept of fucking. I mean, what the fuck? Sort of a person sends a fan letter to a serial killer. You oh know yeah, I mean? yeah. Well, all women, all women. Yeah, no, totally. And I mean, all killers. Bundy got married on death row. Yeah, yeah, yep. And there's been many others um, like them. You know, um, I can't you know? get a date. <laughs> What the fuck, Karen? You're doing it wrong. Just go out and sort of go on a killing spree. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get I'm
0: gonna get laid tonight. That's that sort of
1: to impress those checks. Yeah, yeah. So what do you do for a living? I'm a serial killer.
0: <laughs> oh wow, oh, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, we found that you know that concept of you know these fan letters and stuff and you know these serial killers getting married, and all in jail. I find it quite obscene, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it's quite disturbing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, well, listen guys, we're going to wrap this one up We're coming to Halloween month So we will be Ooh. doing We kept talking about our Mick Garris special, which we'll be doing next mm-hmm. And then we're going to dive into New releases for the Halloween era Which of course Halloween ends And of course the Rob Zombie Oh boy, it looks bad The monsters, mm-hmm. which is so bad That Universal looked at it and said You know what, let's just give that to Netflix Yeah, that I would mean, I, saying. That's a bad sign. Uh, but we got some good ones in there that we're all looking forward to seeing. Especially the new Hellraiser. Be yeah. interesting. Um, but uh, give us a shout, guys. If you want us to do something a little different. If you want us to pepper in some old school. We did that with John Carpenter. A lost film that he did that I think a lot of people forget about. In the Mouth of Madness. Yes. Very Lovecraftian kind of tale. Mm-hmm. And But if you want us to pick something a little different, let us know. Just don't listen to us because you don't want to listen to that film. Just let us know if you'd like to hear something different. We'll certainly take your advice on board. And you can do so at Frame underscore podcast. And, of course, on Facebook, the new issue of blah, blah, blah. There you are. PhantasmGoria is out now. And you available on all Amazon uh, all over the world. Hard copy. And locally of Forbidden Planet. Yep. That's all I've got. Goodbye, Jason we we'll might we might we might see you again in Jason, the near future. It's been emotional Jason. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> and there we end it. Guys take care of yourselves. All the best and we'll chat soon.